Chris Browning and you're watching Vicki Abelson's The Road Take. Oh yeah, all right. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Vicki Abelson and yes, it is the World Series. It is the second game of the World Series. The Dodgers are they're down, aren't they? Are they up one? They're up one. The Dodgers are up one. What's the score? And uh, what's the score? One, one, one. It's one, one right now. Oh. What inning is it? It's exciting. It's the seventh. It's the seventh inning. So I know you guys want to watch the World Series. Stretch. Okay. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, multitask, <laughs> multitask. Or else you can watch the uh, yeah. Or else you can watch the replay. All right, so so Chris is watching the World Series while Louise and I he's have actually a little chat. He's framing our shot. He's framing the shot. It looks <laughs> a little crooked to me. Doing a little today. technical stuff. All right, yeah. doing a little technical stuff. So thanks, Chris. So now you can go back to the game tour we're ready for you because now we got to talk. So I, I want to introduce you to uh, my wing girl, Louise Palanker. Yay, Louise. <laughs> um, and Louise has um, her own fabulous new podcast. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, Louise. It's called Things I Found Online, and it stars me, Joseph Briano, Larry Morgan, my radio buddies, and we are radio people exploring the internet. Louise we're started, confused and we need help. <laughs> and Louise started Premier Radio, and those guys were on Premier Radio, I assume. Yeah. yeah. Well, they worked with me at Premier, and now Joe is uh, like the top voiceover guy in the industry, and Larry is uh, a radio personality at CARE. And so they're fabulous. And so yesterday she had someone on from Jane the Virgin. His name is Anthony Mendez. He is the narrator from Jane the Virgin. And uh, he is absolutely fantastic. I wish I could do an impression of the narrator's voice, but it's very telenovela and it's very dramatic <laughs> and romantic. Well, I love that. And so, so anyway, so you can, you can find Louise's podcast. What's the matter, Chris? Um, this thing keeps drifting. It's I'm, drifting. I don't know how to lock it. Um, see, it's, it's slowly turning that way. Oh, Is maybe it? it's the cord that's pulling on it. There you go. I'm see, this is, a, this is a very, very professional shit. This is a very professional show. Yeah. So, um, so we have the guest working the camera. Yeah, yeah. well, so, he's well, all see, purpose. Well, see, the, 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 the issue is that Zina TV is in the process of switching uh, studios. So we're out of the studio. We're missing our producers, Brant Thoman, oh, Brant Thoman, Jay Belcher. We're missing them. But, um, and Mike Zina, Zina TV. Hi, Mike. Um, so we're missing them, but um, and so we're doing it in the room where it happens because this is the room where it happens. This is the room where Women Who Write has been going on for nine years. So in hey, a way, Steve Garvey. Oh and no! <laughs> There's going to be zero attention span. At this. There, 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 there used to be this show called Short Attention Span Theater. It's where John Stewart got his start. Oh actually. my god, that was great! It was a great show, yeah. and actually, my husband, Dave Abelson, sat in for John a few times and hosted the show with Patty Rossborough. It was a great show. Wow! Um, but, I, but I knew the first time I saw John on Short Attention Span Theater, I knew he was going to be a star. Star. He was. Superstar. He had that stuff right from the get-go. But anyway, so you can catch. Louise's show by, um, if you click on any of my links where Louise's name is, it'll take you to her page, magically. Friend me. Um, and then you can friend her, and then you can watch her podcast. But what I wanted to talk about um, right now, yeah. a, a little somber for uh, just a moment. Okay. Um, my friend Robert Keats that I've been talking about for months on here, who um, had, and I say the word had, pancreatic cancer, passed on Friday. And... Um, Losing a friend at this age who's a contemporary is, uh, I, I've had a, a number of friends go through cancer in the last few years and they have pretty much all survived with the exception of three good friends, um, very close friends, people that I adored, um, Karen Champagne and now Keats. And um, 
what I'm going to say is get whatever tests, get your mammograms, get your colonoscopies. He had pancreatic, it's really hard to find that until it's too late. But whatever, go to the doctor, if something hurts, go check it out. I was with um, the really beautiful thing, uh, the symmetry of life, the circle of life, is that he passed on Friday and on Saturday I went to a party to celebrate my friend Catherine's 10 year um, survival from, yes, she's a thriver, she's, she's a thriver, she's thrival, she's, she's 10 years uh, cancer free. And also at the party was Wendy Hammers, who's a year plus cancer free from pancreatic, because hers was stage one and they got it quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's so important to not, it's so easy to go, I, like, I had to go for my mammogram last week and I was terrified, I'm always terrified. But it's the, the, the consequence of not is so much greater that I make myself go. So anyway, so I also did something um, wonderful the other night. I met my uh, Facebook friend, Ross Mark. Oh, you met Ross. I met Ross, now, finally. Now, is he Ross the intern? No, he is not Ross oh, the intern. Ross okay. was a producer on The Tonight Show for oh, like 10 years. Okay. Gabe and, and Ross worked together. I never met Ross then, but he's been a big fan of our show, and he's yes. always on our posts. Yes. And he's a fa he's not right now, though, because he's at oh, Dodger wow. Stadium yeah. watching the Dodgers live, um, which Chris is wishing that he was... Anywhere, but he, no, that's not true. You're not, are you? No, he's watching the game. Well, it's a commercial, actually. But anyway, um, so I got to meet Ross, and I took him to a screening of um, the new Sam Elliott film, The Hero, which I have to tell, which in, in light of what had just happened in my life last week, it was really um, difficult to watch. But Sam Elliott, wow. I mean, what an actor. I, I, I signed up for it because Jim Beaver, our friend Jim Beaver, mm -hmm. had said that it, it's the performance of Sam Elliott's career and maybe of the year. And having seen it, I have to say, although now I saw Robert Patrick's performance and, and I saw Chris Browning's performance last night, which gave me nightmares, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but anyway, uh, Sam Elliott, that voice. And in this film, the entire film, he's just smoking pot and drinking the entire, and seeing Sam Elliott, you know, in, in all of his, and you know, I, I also, what I really love about him is that he hasn't like covered one gray hair, not one line. I mean, he is there in all of his 73 year old glory and he is gorgeous. Yeah. And he gets a young babe in the movie, deservedly so, but his, his real life wife, uh, was also in the movie. Did you know he was married to Catherine Ross? I did know that. Of the graduate fame. Yes. yes. She has a small role in the film. She plays his, his ex-wife in the film. Um, it was wonderful. She's another one. No plastic surgery. She's there. She's as beautiful as ever in all of her glory. Um, I love the film. Um, but anyway, um, it was kind of uh, painful to watch. And the debauchery of his using was insane, um, which kind of brings me to our guest tonight. Um, the word debauchery? The, way, the word debauchery, because I'm not going to tell no. you the story now because I'm going to let Chris Browning tell you the story. But Chris has got a story that when I first heard it, I really thought he was making it up. I thought he had written a script and this was the character he had written for himself and that he was going to play this and he was testing it to see if I was going to buy it. And you know what? I wasn't going to buy it. That's how insane his story is. But Chris, in the middle of all of his fame, had 
a bottom that is just absolutely extraordinary. But I just watched Chris last night in Last Rampage, which co-stars Robert Patrick, and it's a it's a true life story of these two guys who broke out of prison with the help of uh, the other guy's three sons, and it is violent and cr and what these guys did. Chris is one bad motherfucker. Wow. And um, and then I also no, remembered he's a good actor. He's an excellent actor like playing a bad yeah. motherfucker. Although he's been, I don't know if he was bad when he was doing the things he was doing, but he certainly led like sort of a lowbrow life for a while, like as low as one can go, pretty much. And, um, you, and you let him in. I let him in. Okay. I did, and That's I trust. trust. I trust him That's with trust. my stuff. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, but the but the thing is that. Um, that I had originally seen Chris on, 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 like, Chris has been on Sons of Anarchy and Westworld and, and Supergirl, and, and he has all these credits, but what I saw him in that really stuck was Ray Donovan. He had this scene with Mickey, with John Boyd at the swimming pool. I, I, I haven't swam since. I don't know that I ever will again. Um, it was, he's, he can be so scary. And what's so ironic about it is he's like the nicest, sweetest. He has two daughters. He has a wife who's pregnant with twins right now. He's going to have two more kids. He's amazingly easygoing and lovely. You met him, right? Yeah, he, he taught me how to use the remote. He taught, he, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's a really cool guy. So anyway, so without any further ado, because I've always wanted to say that, um, <laughs> let's bring on Chris Browning. Yeah. All right, Chris, you have to leave the, the Dodger game now. I'm sorry. Chris Browning. All right, so come in and sit next to me here. I don't think Louise wants to join us, but well, well I'll, I'll, I'm right here. If you need okay, me. she's she's right here if we need her. Um, I'm keeping shot. this in to make she's sliding us into a two shot. So wait, I'm making sure that we're actually on Facebook Live. We are. We're there. It's we're we're on. There we are. There. It's this a delay though, so it's always a little weird. So see, people are talking to us already. So if you guys want to say something to Chris, I might like sneak a peek, but. I don't really want to. I want to pay attention. So, do we need? Uh, so, is it? Does it have the shot have to be this tight? You know, Chris, if you push that chair, you know, push that chair out of the way, and then you can give yourself some room so you can breathe. Right? It's not really as tight as it seems. It's not as tight. No, as it's, it's so we perfect. have this amount of room. Right? I'm a very good cinematographer. Okay. <laughs> Louise is an excellent cinematographer. That reminds me of Rain Man. I'm an excellent the, driver. The handle's actually supposed to be on your side. Yeah, but it's not. I'm not that good of a cinematographer. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't set it up right. Okay, so again, professional, but at least this week we are in, in, in horizontal mode. And um, yeah, we're not upside down, so or sideways, which big big <laughs> so coming the second week, you're you're way ahead of the game. Oh, so all right, so I, I started to tell you when you came in tonight, I literally had to watch Jerry Maguire at two o'clock in the morning because I couldn't go to sleep after watching Last Rampage. Oh my God! That was your counter movie. It was my counter <laughs> movie. But you know what the problem was? That then you know, like, oh, Jerry McGuire, oh, you complete me. Then I couldn't go to sleep. Then four o'clock in the morning, I'm still like up. <laughs> All right. So tell me about the last rampage. About not the last. About last rampage. Because how, when you're shooting something like that, which is so serious and so gruesome, like. Are you guys laughing in between yeah. takes? You yeah. are like you're yeah. shooting babies, and yeah. then you're laughing between takes. Yeah, it, I mean that's I've I've done a couple of dark. Yeah, things, you sure have. And th those seem those seem to be the silliest sets. Really? Yeah, because you know it's it's got to come out somewhere, you know, and, and you can't you can't be silly on screen. Okay, so now when you're playing this hideous murderer who like with without conscience i mean you guys were really awful um yeah what's your prep for something like that 
Um, I, you know, it wasn't it wasn't one of those things where um, I talked about this on a, on a, another thing. It, it, it was, you know, there's a lot of actors. Everyone has a different process, yeah. you know, and. and some guys just, you know, they, they're going to walk around on set in that. Method um, actor, I want to smack them. <laughs> I heard that Christian Bale, like, it's flo got flown. What was that western he did? 310 to Yuma? Was it that one where I they... I that. Were you in that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did they really fly him in and he wouldn't talk to anybody in the, in the cast? No, that might have been Russell. Really? Did he do that? I think, I think Russell, Russell's... That's I mean, a great film. Oh, my God. I'm the one that, of course, burned alive oh. on the stagecoach. I have to go back and watch <laughs> that again now. Yeah. I didn't know you then. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my Twitter bio. Is you know the guy who died in that movie you like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, but no, Christian. Christian was he's the sweetest guy ever. Is he, he really? He taught me so much. He was. Um, I didn't get to talk to Russell much because he, he was kind of... In character. He kind of stayed there. Yeah, mm -hmm. his character name was on the call sheet, you know, and like... So they didn't use his, Russell? No, it was like, that's who that is, you know, so... Right. It wasn't, you know, we weren't sitting around talking about the weather or anything, but Christian was, was there. He, you know, he never went back to his trailer. He and I stood up in the safe. Oh, Nice. For five weeks. And, oh wow! You know, he, he you have to go back and watch it. You have like a serious part in this. No, not really. I'm just um, I was one of the deputies, so I was around a lot. Uh huh. So it was it was a lot of a lot of weeks, but not not a whole lot of lines. And in fact, I didn't. You know, Christian made it obvious pretty early on that I was going to be able to pump this guy for information. You know, he was very forthcoming and generous, and he shared stuff with me that he talked that he got from Michael Caine. And, wow. And and. Uh, you know, he, he, he was, uh, he, like know, what, can you have a, do you have a pearl for us? Well, you know, just, it's, it's all just, you know, actor bumper stickers that, you know, we've all heard, but it's just nice to see someone, you know, is, you know, they're good ones if Christian Bale's using them. You know? Absolutely. And he, he, and to think that they were passed down from Michael Caine is pretty cool. Yeah, right and that's the thing, the older guys, you know, they've been around, they, they, they get, they filter it down to a, to a simple thing, you know, it's, it's really, it's just, it's really, don't like complicate it. You know, it's like like he he said that the story he told me was that he was he was you know they worked on the Prestige and they worked on Batman. And wow. He said he was doing he was doing Batman and and, and he goes you know and, and I'm I'm trying to put all all this mustard on every line because I'm <laughs> Batman you know on every line and and uh, and you know and Michael you know kind of took him under his wing and he says you know just just do nothing. And pick a fucking eye, you know. Don't, don't do that going back and forth <laughs> shit that they do on soap operas, you know. And they're huh? back and forth going, "I'll get you," pick, you know. It's, it's <laughs> pick an eye, <laughs> yeah. And, but just and, do and, nothing, and do mate. Nothing. Just do nothing, mate. And and I was uh, and I'm like, well, that's great advice. Except my big scene is burning alive. Stays burning. <laughs> you don't really want to. You can't you know, burn alive and do nothing. That. Yeah, yeah no. there's, there's not a lot of subtext there. You know? So how do you? play something like that he's, well that's he's like yeah of course there's exceptions I mean no but how do you how did you how do you play something like because it's all CGI or whatever the hell it is no that one they put me in the stagecoach and they just they they it was all practical there was no CGI they, they put a flame bar in front of the camera and, and a bunch of flames behind me and a bunch of smoke in the stagecoach and and uh, do you feel can you can you like conjure that you're burning alive or or are you just yeah. 
Can you get into it? Yeah, it's behind I mean, you, can, you in front of you. And yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I don't remember what I thought of when I before I did the scene. But I, the 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 freeing thing there was you don't have to worry about going too big. You know, yeah. If you're burning alive, you can pretty much go. Off. <laughs> you know? So that was it. And it was just and then that that hearing myself doing that put me in more of a panic about that and pretty soon you know you're just fully wound up and hysterical yeah. and and uh and and Jim Bangle came out and was like are you okay and I was like yeah <laughs> nice. I, thought you were, I thought you were seriously asking for help and I was like well good that's good that's what I'm going for. I love you know that's something I think that comes with maturity and experience because I was a young actress and when I was a young actress I was always over the top I was I started out on stage, so everything kind of had to yeah. be big, but then I kind of carried that whenever I did other things, and it took for me to kind of really grow into my own skin as a person to kind of learn to do less. Yeah. You know, do less. Well, that was the less. thing I learned from Christian. Big lesson I learned from him, because there was a scene where, where we're in the saloon, and we capture Russell Crowe, and we get him cornered, and, and the marshal says, tells me, go get the, the jail wagon, right? Yeah. The stagecoach mm -hmm. thing. It's got, bars. it's got bars on the windows and stuff. He tells me to, to go get it, and I'm yeah. like, okay, you got it. And I leave. And so now I'm out of the scene, and there's still another couple minutes of scene mm -hmm. where the railroad representative guy offers offers uh, $200 to anybody that will help help them get Russell Crowe to the to the Yuma mm -hmm. train. And, or the 310 to Yuma. Right. And... And uh, so I'm, I'm, I get to sit on the sidelines in this saloon watching Christian work, and um, but I'm a distance away from him, and I and I and his his line is I'll do it, right? And I'm from from across the room, I see Christian Bale go I'll do it, and I'm, I'm like really that's it, that's all you got, you're Christian Bale really? And then I I went and watched it on the monitor, and it was perfect. It was beautiful. It was just you could see. And that's one of the things he taught me is like he's just you know he's like you can see he's like that's why poker players wear glasses man sunglasses because if you're thinking it you can see it and you see him thinking two hundred dollars is a lot of money I'm probably gonna die but wow. my ranch is drying up and I need to save my family and there's a drought and you know I need this money and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it but I don't want to look scared and I want to put on my bravest you know, persona that I can and, and, and say, I'll do it. And he said, I'll do it, but you can still see that he All was terrified of it and, and that it was a big decision, but he was trying to play it off in front of the boys and, you know, I'm in, but he, he that was is all there. That is so cool. Was it done in close-up? Yeah, that's what I mean. It was, yeah, like, and yeah. that's what, that's why he didn't do this thing right, for the right. back row of the, right. of the theater because, you know, you're, you know, when you're on screen and your head is 60 feet tall, you don't have to do all that shit. So I'm thinking that you used uh, that that you that you took that advice seriously because watching uh, Last Rampage, you're you're on screen the entire film. Um, you're not speaking in every moment, but you're on screen the entire film. And I was looking to see if I could ever catch you, like not being that guy for one, not for a second. Not you're no. always that guy. You uh, with it, and boy, you smoke. All right. Real cigarettes? No, herbals. Oh, that had to be obnoxious as hell. No, they, they, he was like chain smoking through the entire film. <laughs> I was like feeling for you. I was going, I know those cigarettes, they smell like shit. I hate the way yeah, they smell. They, I mean, there's no smoker like an ex-smoker. And I'm um, too. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it, and it didn't, 
you know, people are like, is that going to make you want to smoke? Yeah, it didn't make you want to smoke? That didn't. Because they smell so bad, those yeah. terrible cigarettes. Yeah. But you were, but you were, but even the way, like, do you, when you, when you have to smoke as a character, do you assign him to smoke in a different way than, like, Chris Browning would smoke a cigarette? Yeah. Because it looked like you were smoking him like, like a nasty killer would smoke a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he... It, old Randy was always biting him and, mm -hmm. and taking like and, and, oh, and the then time. did that that really nasty flick across <laughs> the sun <laughs> the, the guy, other guy's son yeah. he's like does this really nasty flick in the car across his butt across the, the kid's body young good looking kid um, yeah. so okay so so let's go back to the beginning and, and we'll get back up to, to current <laughs> events so so your kid you grew up in uh, I grew up mostly in, in western Pennsylvania, on a little farm town. In a farm town? Yeah. And Stoneboro, Pennsylvania. Stoneboro! <laughs> uh, population. Yeah, there's nobody clapping, but there's only three <laughs> people in the room, so. Um, there are little odds that anybody would be from there anyway if you were in a big audience. I got a lot of Facebook friends Do you? there in Pennsylvania. Yeah, All right. Sure. All right, so I hope they're on here now. Yeah, I hope so too. So, okay, so now you're in Pennsylvania. When do you realize acting's what you want to do and this is your thing? Like, are you in school plays? When I, no, yeah. no, I was painfully shy in mm -hmm. high school. I, I mean, unless I was on a football field or something. I was, like, were you an athlete in school? Yeah, yeah, I played in college too, but I didn't, uh -huh. I didn't, I was, I, there's no way I would have ever thought of being an actor. I, I kind of, I kind of accidentally Okay, so tell us how that, were you on track to be an athlete? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I ever thought I was going to be a professional athlete, but that's all I wanted to do in college. I didn't really, there was no, I changed my major like every semester. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to drink beer and, and play football. You know? That's a good ambition. Yeah. Okay, so, so how did you backdoor into being an actor? How that well, I, 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 was, I was born in Tahoe. Originally, and in Reno, and and uh, my parents divorced. I moved to Hawaii. I lived in Seattle, and wow. Pennsylvania, and and uh, so you know, I don't know. I just I I eventually decided I wanted to write screenplays. And I really liked writing, and I had a lot of creative writing in college, and, and, and I loved that. So I said I want to write screenplays, and and I was I was done with college, and I was bumming around. I was working in a warehouse, you know, pulling. Uh, kits for, for uh, video slots and stuff in, in Reno and uh, a slot machine warehouse thing and and I was telling a buddy that I, that I wanted to do that and he goes well, I had a friend that, that, that uh, got in that business he went to a, thing, a school called the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and I looked him up and they've been around for a hundred years and there's a New York school and one out here and like Edward G. Robinson graduated in 1918. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, Redford went there, and, and, and uh, I mean, tons of people, Anne mm -hmm. Bancroft, and, and uh, lots and lots and lots of people, Jason Robards. I went to school, and, and anyway, I, I, so I got in touch with him. I said, that's where I want to go, and, and, and I moved to uh, Pasadena. What was your uh, audition or whatever to get into school? Well, that was that was the problem. It was it hmm. was uh, you had to do a monologue, you had to do uh, a comedy and a, and a drama, and I I didn't know what a monologue was. I didn't know how you're supposed to perform one. So I, I in fact they had they sent me a book of selected monologues. So I picked. Um, 
you remember? Yeah, I picked uh, one from A Thousand Clowns. Oh, Kurt Gardner play, you know that? Is, yeah. is this good, good news or money? That's like my favorite line from <laughs> yeah. A Thousand Clowns. Every time he yeah. picks up the phone, is this good news or money? Yeah. And if it's not, good, if it's not he hangs up. Yeah, <laughs> Jason Robart. Yeah, Jason yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then the, the Why Do I Like to Drink um, was the dramatic thing from uh, Time of Your Life, William Soraya. And uh, that's a little foreshadowing to my. I, okay, <laughs> I, I mean I know that they don't know that yet. So. Yeah, but I just really identified with that guy. Uh, now, were you already like, were you a druggie, a drinker? Were you doing all that stuff? I was. A, I was, was always a huge drinker. Okay. And and uh, but I just managed to kind of keep a hand, keep it together because I could, I could, I was functioning very well. You know, Did you drink all day like when you were in college? I mean, I got well, stoned all day when I was in college. No, because I had to, you know, I was playing football and stuff. So oh. I couldn't, you know, I had to, uh -huh. there were days, there were days. There mm. were days when it was okay. And, and some days overlapped into days when <laughs> I really didn't want to be there on the field yeah. or whatever. But, you know, you're young, you can still do that stuff. I, it would kill me now. Where was I going with that? Okay, so so you got um, it. So you did these two monologues. Oh yeah. And you didn't know what oh, you were doing. No, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing, and and I and I, I I thought. I and was he's a movie be... star now. I just am pointing that out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Star, well, but, but you're 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 uh, you are an actor who is in movies. You're, <laughs> yeah, that's you true. You are. And I have starred in a movie. And you have starred. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, that's a movie star. That's a movie star. There you go. Okay. So. No, I thought, I really thought they're going to take me because I'm going to get 100% on this one because I know every word. <laughs> I can recite this without missing a comma. And, and that's pretty much what I did. I went in there and, and, and just stood there and spoke them. Like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, where do I sign? And they said no. Yeah, they said no? They said no. They're gonna, you're, you're not ready. They're, here's some workshops. Uh, Try again next year, and that kind of thing. And then I kind of went into a monologue of my own at that point because it never occurred to me they might not let me in. And, really? And I oh, was, I love that. I was like, please, I got nowhere else to go. You know, I, I said everything I own is in the parking lot in my truck. My mattress is strapped to the roof of my '77 Jimmy, and and uh, and I quit my job. I left my apartment, and and, wow. and, and they said, man, I'm sorry. And then. So I went back up to Reno and I was staying with my dad and then right before school started, like a week before, a few days before, they said they, uh, whatever, someone dropped out or whatever the story was, they were going to give me a chance. So I... Uh, I, I believe part of that was your belief that you were going to do. I, I, there's so much power in belief that I, I think you kind of made that happen. Well, no, I really do. I, I think you helped that to happen. I... I, yeah. Okay. Okay. I all right. So. All right. I, so, so you end up there. I end up there, but it was like you know, I'm going up and down Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena, looking for a place to live, and and no here, no there, no here, no there. There's no door. I find no, no no door, and I finally find a place, and and then the next day I'm driving, and the school's the next day, so I leave my apartment, <laughs> and I'm like, this is taking forever, and I realize I lived in Glendale, and and the school's like in East Pasadena. That I'd been up and down Colorado so much, I was turning around. <laughs> so that's where I lived. And I, but I oh no, actually, the first few days of school, I still didn't have a place to live, and I was sleeping on the roof of my truck on that mattress, like Snoopy, 
And then, <laughs> then I would sneak out the, in the morning and I'd run into the school bathroom and clean up and get ready for school and then wow. and go look for an apartment after school. But the thing I... And you were doing all this when you were like 18, 19 years old? No, it was after college, so I was like 25. Oh, you had already done college. All right, yeah. you'd already done college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd already done. Right, right. You done the sports five then. or six okay. years, but still <laughs> nothing even resembling a degree. Yet. But I, uh, I, it, the thing that I didn't know, I was like, look, I'd like to like to focus primarily on on screenwriting, you know. And they're like, what are you talking about? This is a this is a theater school. They're gonna. There's only one schedule. Here's your schedule. You know? and, is it, it conservatory style? Is it conservatory style? I don't know what it is. That means is. that like you have to perform or they can cut you and Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, conservatory. Yeah, they only invite yeah. a quarter of the students back for second year. Mm. Whoa. That's conservatory. That is brutal. Yeah, but the first year I was terrified because I had no idea and and you know, I'm sitting in there with all these kids that are all like wearing black and smoking <laughs> and, and talking about John Malkovich and shit. I didn't know who that was. <laughs> and and they you know and so I didn't and they're saying okay tomorrow we, I, you guys gotta be off book or blocking and I'm like what the fuck is off book what is blocking I don't know you haven't even taken a drama class no, in college no, nothing nothing unbelievable nothing and so I yeah and, and, and I just I just was you know and then you're always you're working on a Shakespeare I'm gonna say that this had something to do with it though I'm gonna say your movie star good looks really helped you a Maybe. little bit I'm thinking it helped I'm thinking they knew that you were a guy who was gonna get roles I'm mm -hmm. thinking I'm thinking it didn't hurt you really? yeah I'm thinking it didn't you hurt you have to be a well, lot more than handsome Come well on. No, you have that to might be get you in the door but you're not getting yeah. in the second year it, exactly it didn't. Yeah. It definitely didn't get you your second year. But come on, you said you did your monologues and you didn't even know what you were doing. Yeah, so it. something got you yeah. in there that first. Yeah. I mean, there I'd like were to other find kids her again and thank her because that was <laughs> nice that she gave me a shot. Okay, so so. So I'm I'm you know it's constant memorization. You're working on a thing for a Shakespeare thing and you're doing a, a comedy class and you're, mm -hmm. you're memorizing something from Barefoot in the Park and you're doing something. You're making it, doing a voice and speech class in an Irish dialect, and you fold And are you learning and, the craft while you're there? Well, I'm trying. Mm -hmm. I'm mostly just trying to memorize and make sure I don't, you know, go up on a line in front of everybody and get laughed at. You know, that was my horror. And, and so, I, I don't know something. They have exam plays at the end of the year, mm -hmm. and and I was uh, John Proctor in The Crucible, Ooh. and they invited me back for second year. Nice. And that's really where where the the gloves come off, you know. You just you. That was where I, that's where I learned how to how to do it. But but then again, like you were talking about with the with the uh, the theater thing, I didn't know anything about for the camera. Right. And so it was slow going. I I you know I was waiting tables all over L.A. living in a little place with my roommate up in Laurel Canyon and and uh, and it just I wasn't. So were you did you did you have an agent like when did you get an agent and how did that start to happen for you? I got a little agent after a few like I don't know three or four months and he got it was just he was like a commercial guy and he was just a one man office and and, and he uh, then my first audition ever was for a Dr Pepper commercial and I booked it. And that like, is unbelievable. I'm like this shit's easy. <laughs> and then I didn't get another job for like a year, you know, but. That's amazing that you booked your first audition. That's amazing. Yeah, I kind of got my hopes up now. Yeah, I bet that's true. But you, yeah. make, but you had to make some nice coin on that. I did. 
Hmm. Yeah, for me, it was like, wow, that's a lot of money for, yeah. for doing nothing. You know, but you know that then. So I, I uh, then I got a I got a mini series and in Russia, and I was a lead in this in this mini series. You got a lead in a mini series. Yeah, but it was, that's it a was pretty, a, so he gets this national commercial, then he gets the lead in a mini series. This is that, not a bad place to start. Yeah, well, that was that was this, this German producer named Archer Browner who was who produced like two hundred. Oh wow! Europa, Europa, you remember that? Yeah, one? yeah, yeah. He did that. Uh huh. Anyway, this was it was for uh, German tele all over Europe, and and it was shot in Russia, in the, in mostly in, in Moscow and in the Crimea down in Yalta, in which is actually not Russia. What was it? Was it cold? Ukraine. 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 Was it cold? Uh, it was bitter cold. Yeah, and it, and and it was it was it was a lot of work, but I was I was drunk the whole time. Nobody cared. Really? Yeah, the whole crew. Russian vodka. Yeah. Boy, that's so good. <laughs> and, and it was cheap. It was like a dollar for a bottle of it, and and, and uh, you know so, but nobody cared. As long as you do your job, nobody cared, and it was all. It was. It was a. You were able to do lines and and be present and do all of that when you were drunk. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. You know, we weren't doing a pincher play. You know, this was like this was this was outdoor sword fights, underwater swimming after freaking monsters, and it was it was the it was the Jules Verne, the Children of Captain Grant, the the Castaways movie. The uh -huh. same story. Uh -huh. It's based on that. Only this was set in the Crimea in the eighteen sixties. So I was this bored uh, Scottish lord. Could you do accents? Did you learn all of that? At, at no, I didn't. I just, I didn't want to do, nobody else was going to do it. There's a guy, Sonny, Sonny Davis, he was going to be a, a, a Frenchman and, and he, he was, he was like, he scrapped it after a while. He, wasn't, he, was like, he stopped doing the accent? Yeah. And, and the guy who's played is like my father figure who who's, looks after me since the death of my father or whatever. He, he, uh, Adam Greger's his name and he, he didn't want to do one either. So, so I just, I, what I did was, was uh, I just kind of put like a like a little bit of a lilt on it, little like a what's the guy from uh, from Jaws? Oh, I love him, uh, Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw, mm, that's fabulous actor. Just to put a little bit of it on there, just at the end, you know, just a kind of a to grow. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't. I got the tapes to do a full Scottish dialect, you know, and it was like, no, I'm not, <laughs> doing, I'm not doing that for twelve hours. You know, and, did, but did you keep it up through the whole what yeah, you had? Yeah. Because I, I I watch ER with my daughter. We it's something we do together. And so there's this one character, and he was Australian with an Australian accent through the first couple of his seasons, and he just and he decided to stop doing it. Really? He just stopped doing. It. First he was only doing it in like half the episode. Then he was only doing it every other episode. Now he doesn't even gone. bother. Yeah. And it's yeah. How do you make a decision like that to just yeah, you Stop. think that wouldn't... That would, someone, that's kind of weird. Yeah. On, on a big show like that, it's kind of weird that somebody can make that choice. Yeah. Okay, so so you do this this thing, in, in this miniseries in Russia, and yeah, you make money. I make money. I'm, I'm, I'm living... I've got per diem, like, stacked up, because there's nothing to buy, you know? You're so, in communist Russia. Yeah, I mean, it was just... In, it was in 93. Mm -hmm. I mean, all that had just broken up, but it was like inflation was through the roof, and then mm -hmm. it was just... Um, did they try to buy your blue jeans? I always hear they always want to buy people <laughs> yeah, that was blue a, jeans. You could get, they had, they had regular hard currency stores, they called them, where mm -hmm. you could get anything. Oh, really? Yeah, but um, um, 
I, I gave away a lot of stuff over there that they couldn't get, like Sorrells, you know, like a good pair of Sorrell boots, Canadian, like, you know, 40 below zero felt line boots, you know, they, and they're in Russia. They're oh, like, they should wow, be having these? those, they should be having those boots. <laughs> I'm like, you can keep going, I'm going back to LA, so. Nice. Yeah, but you know, they, you know, I got like polar expedition coat that come, comes all the way down here. It's like walking around in a sleeping bag. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and things like that that they just, they just didn't have. So it was, it's like, they had a lot of tricks though. I mean, I would be swimming in the ocean. You'd be in, swimming in the ocean in, in February. Russia? There'd be like snow on the ground and I'm doing underwater shots and, and, you know, get out and there's people like splashing vodka all over me. And, and I'm like, you think that would be freezing? But it warms you up. Really? Who knew? Yeah. But for them, it's like water. There's tons of it. You know, there's, there's so much vodka that it's it's cheap. But okay. So now, is that where do, do things start changing for you personally in that experience? Because you're drinking while you're working. Yeah. I mean, like uh, I never, I never did that here. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have that many jobs here. You know, I do. You know, I, I have like two words on Saved by the Bell. I'd be thrilled. You know. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, you know, or do a few lines on Matlock or whatever it was. Right. Know? And I wasn't. I, wa I certainly wasn't living on it. I was waiting tables. You know. And, mm -hmm. uh, so when did that shift? When did you go to the next place with that? I th I upped it when my sister died. She 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 drank herself to death, and and uh, mm. she was 27. So I was like 29. So it was right before I went over to Russia, and and uh, um, that was when I just kind of didn't care. You know, it was like. I just didn't care. I, I, I would, I drank as much as I wanted to drink. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't give a shit, you know. And, and How about when you came back? When I came back, I, uh, I, I started. I got a, I had a bunch of money, and I, I got a beach house in Malibu. And, wow, and, and, uh, that's a bunch of money. Well, it wasn't. A, you know, it was a fourplex, and I got a, a nice. But it was, you know, yeah. on the beach, and and. Uh, Really didn't do anything except party, and and then I started playing with coke and, and cooking it and smoking it and you know buying crack and all that. And, but you're working through. But are you it working? Kind of, well, yeah. No. As soon as I got back, I, I you know having done that miniseries, that was like starring in in eight movies. You know, it was a twelve-hour miniseries. Wow. So I I learned a lot about mm -hmm. the camera. And so I, I booked a, a, a sitcom as soon as I got back. And what was that? It was called Hardball. It was a Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah, my friend Jeff Sussman's his manager, so I, I know about oh. Hardball. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he, that was a good that was a good sitcom. Yeah, I was the I was the rookie. I was like the dumb guy. I was like the Woody character. Nice. And, and like the the hayseed from from Idaho that, that throws out. And, and, and Rogan was the overpaid center fielder who like bought his own island and stuff like that. <laughs> but Mike Starr, Bruce Greenwood, Alexander Wentworth, it was a, it was a good, good cast. Good cast. Mm -hmm. Phil Lewis was in it. Yeah, so I got that and then I went from that, that got canceled after a season and, and uh, then I went to uh, uh, In the House with LL Cool J, kind of playing the same kind of dumb, mm -hmm. dumb guy. And so I had still more money coming in, and I was in every chance. Like all my weekends were just blackouts. 
Okay, so your career is rising, and you're 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 not getting high on the. Are you getting high when you're shooting? No. You're not getting high when you're shooting. No. But the rest of the time, that's increasing all that stuff. Yeah. And so what happens? Because there's there's a tale of debauchery before mentioned word that begins to happen. <laughs> so how how does the how does the personal life start to overtake the the career? Well, it was like like when I. When I told you last time, I I, uh, I tried heroin once. First, these people out there might not have heard that story, so we want to hear that story again. I've heard uh, this story, but well, if they, that's what I always say. I go, I tried heroin once for six years, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's that's what happened. I I and and you know, in, in hindsight, I I mean, it's not a popular thing to say, but I really think it, it saved my life because I was drinking so much that I was. That that was going to kill you? It was close, yeah. It was puking blood and peeing blood. And, you know, was, and your sister had already... She'd already done She'd already died from drinking, that. You know, I could drink a half a gallon of vodka. You know. So now, what what makes somebody like you who's working, making money, got this life going on, what makes you try heroin? Um, we didn't talk about this last time, and I am really curious. I mean, I guess, like, I, I'm, I was a marijuana addict, and I tried... I did coke for a while and I did acid and all but the one thing I would not do ever was heroin that scared the crap out of me well I didn't I don't know I didn't, I didn't like I said I didn't once once my sister died it was like people would say you know they'd go dude you're gonna you keep going like this you're gonna die and I'd say when wow you know because I'm doing everything I can now you, this is, was this before you got married? Is this before you got married the oh, yeah. first time? Yeah. 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 I, okay. I, I ended up, I lost everything, lost that house, lost my car, everything. I lived in the bushes next to the 405 for Okay, six, so this is the part years. of the story. He was homeless for six, six years he was homeless. This guy was, because when I go out and I see homeless people, they don't look like you. <laughs> but maybe you didn't look like you when you were home. Well, they, those guys you see are, are daytimers, you know. Those guys are, they need to get out of the sun, man. <laughs> I was a night, I was a vampire. You know, I was a, you know, I would go out and my thing was stealing uh, liquor. I would, I would steal uh, vodka and cognac. How, how did you do that? Where would you uh, steal it from? Not that from, we want to give an instruction. Well, I did it all. <laughs> it's all ruined for you guys out there anyway that are thinking about trying it. Because, you know, all the all those premium liquors that are in the cage. Yeah. That's because of you. That's because of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> no, you weren't stealing the cheap shit. No, no. no it was because I could sell it to the, I could sell it to oh. the, to the Russian mafia. And... And There's a Russian mafia in America. And yeah, in, in West in Hollywood. LA? Yeah, they're huge there, and they all own bars and restaurants, and they take as much as I could bring them. So, and they love me because I can speak Russian, and so they love haggling. And, so, like, and, how much are you sell? So, let's say a bottle of vodka sells in the store for. Uh, like those Belvedere's and Chopin's and right. the Hennessy's or the the, the SOP going mm -hmm. They're they're like. $40, $40 bottles. And you're selling it to them for how much? 15 For 15 mm -hmm. And then you're taking that 15 and you're buying heroin. Yeah, I would yeah. I would make between 600 and a 1000 bucks every day. Every day? I wake up. While you're, and, and you decide to, 
you could you didn't have to be homeless. You could no, have a little. No, that was the thing. I couldn't. I couldn't get it. I couldn't manage money well enough to have a shitty motel room. I mean, that happened like maybe ten times. You know, and it's like I'm talking like a thirty dollar. Now wait a minute. You're making hundreds of dollars a day, and you can't even get yourself to a shitty motel. I would. I well. I I would. T- I mean, I, I've done that probably ten times, and I and I've managed to stay there for a while. Um, I mean, I'm talking about hotels, motels that are like, you know, shitty, bad. really yeah. bad part of town where you're leaving like tons of like paraphernalia and syringes and shit in the nightstand and they just don't, they leave them there. They for don't clean them. Yeah, it's there when you get back. They know what you're doing in there. And, and you know, I, eventually that would fall apart for whatever reason. Usually I went to jail and I spent probably half of that time in jail. All right, so now we have a movie star who's been homeless, lived on the street, and been in jail. So now what is that? You're a pretty boy. What is that like when you're in jail? For it, was, it was scary. when I, The first time I went in, I was in for three months. and, and I, What were you in for? What were you in for? <laughs> <laughs> I was in for, for possession of heroin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 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 was, I looked worse. And I mean, mind you, when I go to jail... For being a heroin addict, or things related to being a heroin addict, I don't look good when I get there. Like I, I knew I would once in a while I'd see myself in a in a mirror, rarely, but I would see myself if because you figure out like. So did you have like a whole big beard thing going on? No, but I would be. I would weigh 60, 70 pounds less than I weigh now. Oh yeah. And and I would get like like you figure out where the like which church has the. You know, the second Saturday of the month, this church over here does a pancake breakfast, and they let you use the locker room and shower and, and get free clothes out of the bin. You know, and, and and you know, you figure those things out. Most of the time, you can't get it together to get there, but but once in a while, I'd get to one of those. And was your hair like long and crazy and shit? <laughs> well, it wasn't like matted because I had to I had to steal every day, so. So would, you had to keep up the appearance well enough so that you could walk into a liquor what, store. What I thought was an appearance. I mean, I would, I was so, I looked so bad that I would, you know, I usually, I would get like a disposable car, or the people I was selling. What is a disposable car? The the five hundred dollar car that you don't register or insure because you don't have a, your license is suspended anyway, and you're just going to lose it when you get arrested, and you know not trying to get it out of the impound after being in jail for a year or six months or whatever. Now, how shocking is this story? I'm, I'm asking <laughs> Louise now, how shocking is this part of the story having met Chris a few minutes ago? It's, it's kind of shocking, isn't it? Yeah, but I kind of, I like to respect everyone's story and, and like, because it's more heroic to find out how he got out of it. Which we, yeah, which I mean, he's it. pretty ingenious because he figured out, even while he's like stoned out of his mind, he's figuring stuff out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he figures out how to make six hundred to a thousand dollars a day, which I don't think everybody on the streets got that worked out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, so you're doing this. You're going to jail. You're getting out of jail. You're doing it all over again. What what turns that around? What, what's the bottom of that? I don't. I, you know, I went to I went to uh, rehab a few times. Well, did they um, send you to rehab from jail? Was, was no, it, no. I went. They, I went before. Um, okay. When you know, when I still had insurance and stuff, I went to some. From being an actor. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, before I, before I even 
No, right after I got back, when I was doing those sitcoms, mm -hmm. in there I went to rehab a couple times. Uh -huh. And uh, and then a couple times. But that's before you were doing heroin, right? That's just for alcohol? Alcohol and crack. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, just a little crack. Yeah, just a little crack. Yeah, a little crack. <laughs> huh. Huh. <laughs> a little crack, um, yeah. And obviously rehab didn't stick. No, uh -oh. no, it didn't. And, and I just, I didn't. You know, I didn't. I just didn't. I wasn't interested in learning how to do things differently. You know, and and so I I went to another one um, in 2004, but it was, you know, I didn't have anything. You know, I was homeless, and so they sent me to a place down in down in the like worst part of Long Beach, and it was a state or a county place, and it was everybody there was off the streets or right out of prison, and and. Uh, you know, these. I, it wasn't. It's funny that you know it took me going there to be with all those people that I looked down on to realize that that's who I was. You know, I, it really didn't occur to me, even you know, in jail with all these losers. <laughs> it's like you're in jail yeah. with them, you dumbass. What, what, <laughs> how are you any different than all these drug addicts that are locked up for drugs? You know, but I couldn't. I couldn't see it and. So I went to this place and and kind of got resized and uh, right sized right sized and I I, uh, I don't know from that point on I was in 2004 from that point on I really really wanted it you know I just didn't want to be that guy anymore so and so how how hard was it for you to transition out of that into like how'd you get your career back how did you get your life back how'd you get your career back I left it. I left it. I, I was willing to give it up. That's what happened. Thank you. Oh my God! How long are we on? Well, we have ten more minutes, so an hour. So, well, that was so, quick. so we, yeah, I know. So, what's going on with the game? So, tell us the score, Louise. Yeah, what's the score? It looks like. Oh, Dodgers are up! Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right, good. What is it like? The ninth inning? Uh, it went to commercial. All right, uh, we'll, we'll find out. So, so, so. So you left, you were willing to leave, are you sober now? Are you mm -hmm. sober? Yeah. And you don't have a career, do you have a house? Are you living in a place? Um, yeah, well what happened, my, my manager at the time, he wasn't really a manager, he just kind of managed me. He was mm -hmm. a long time friend, like a father. He produced, he was a producer. He was, mm -hmm. he, his name was Noel Marshall, mm -hmm. and he produced The Exorcist. And, wow. And he was married to Tippi Hedren for 20 oh. years. So he raised Melanie Griffith, and he, you know, he, he uh, and he had three. Sons I just want to say own. Marnie in my top like ten movies of all time. Have you ever seen Marnie with Tippi Hedren, the Alfred Hitchcock movie? No. With Sean Connery. No. Top ten of all time. Really. Love that movie. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, Noel had Noel's you know, dealing with 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 Melanie Griffith and and Don Johnson at the time you know, when they were wow. kids and his three sons of his own. I, just, I think he just had a soft spot for. For alcoholics and drug addicts, because he he helped me so much. Well, Melody, certainly yeah. I heard it. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. And I mm -hmm. think he just he was a he was a you know a real uh, guy for the lost cause. Mm -hmm. right? And so Noel Noel was a dear friend. So when I when I got in touch with him after after getting out of rehab, so you were out of touch with him the whole time you were. No, I was I was in touch with him. But when I got out, I actually was I was actually clean for ninety days when I got out of treatment. I'd never been ninety days clean in mm -hmm. my life mm -hmm. ever since I was you know 14 mm -hmm. so um, he, he uh, I, I went and stayed with my mom uh, 
because I knew that was a good safe place to be and, and she was she died with 40 years of sobriety and, and wow so I knew she was a good place to go I didn't want to screw it up so mm -hmm. I uh, stayed with my mom for about a month and a half through a bunch of hurricanes and stuff like that it kept me nice and busy and I was coming and hurricanes where were you she was in Florida uh -huh. the Gulf Coast of Florida and it was like four in a row like in, like in two wow. weeks and so anyway uh, I, Noel, in the meantime, told me that he had been saving money for me, that I'd been actually getting residuals, and he's like, you know, you got 20 grand here, and nice. I wasn't going to give it to a junkie, so, you know, but now, you know, here you can get started again, so wow. I bought a vehicle, and I was driving back to LA, and I, and I was just like, I stopped in Taos, New Mexico, and I just said, I'm living here, forget the business, I'm, and, and and what did you think you would do in town? I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay sober and build Adobe's or you know whatever, just have a quiet little construction or whatever. Just, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that was what I you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna ski. I'm gonna be a river guide and do. And how old are you when this is all going on? Forty. Okay. And and uh, that's what I did. But that also happened to be the year that New Mexico started a uh, tax incentive to bring productions to the state. Oh it my has a happy gosh, ending. It yeah. keeps so, finding you. It, yeah. It's just, uh, do you see how, like, just, like, things happen to him? He's a divine providence. You <laughs> are, kind of. It's, it's just really interesting that this stuff just happens. So, so yeah. what happened? So I just, I was driving around one day, and I think it was, uh, being, I was a river guide, and, and, uh, and I was loving it. I was like, wow, I get to live in this great house, a big beautiful house, and I'm paying for it by floating down the Rio Grande every day, and it was just like, really? Um, and and I heard an ad, they were looking for extras for this show, this miniseries called Into the West. And meanwhile, you'd start in a, in a, in a, in a miniseries, you'd, ha you'd had all this career before yeah. that other stuff yeah. happened, and now you're going to go be an extra. No, I just oh. called the number and I said, who do I talk to about, see if they're, if they're casting actual roles? So they put me in touch with uh, a casting director, the local casting mm -hmm. director in New Mexico, Joanna Bolden. And I called her and she and I told her my story. She said, send us a headshot and resume, and I did. How'd you have a headshot and I resume? Said, I, I just made one, you know. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I, they, they called me in and I got two weeks on that, on that miniseries, in, in the, uh, Into the West thing, Spielberg thing. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and so, um, then I was, you know, working and I worked in the recovery industry. I opened a treatment center. I was wow. really involved in it, and and I was getting other work and and all these local productions, like like Felon, the you know the, the Val Kilmer. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that movie? I have not seen oh, that movie. Seen that. That's it. That one I'm playing. I love Val Kilmer though. He was he was great in it, and and Stephen Dorff's in it. Sam Shepard's in it. Are you? Ooh, are you a bad boy in that one too? I'm the head of the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> and, That's real bad. And I, well, oh, this oh. is a cool story because they they brought me in to play the public defender. Oh. And so I'm in there all combed and shirt and tie, and I'm saying all this public defender shit. <laughs> it wasn't really that interesting, you know. It's just yeah. you can't really do much with it. And I asked about this Danny Sampson guy, the casting director. I said, have they, have they done that? And she goes, I don't think they have. I said, well, ask the director if I can. And she called me back, and uh, and uh, um, that's Angelique Midthunder, too, by the way. Thanks, Angelique. Um, she she uh, she said, yeah, he'll let you do it. But he told me to tell you not to get your hopes up. He really sees you on the other side of the bars, you know. And 
and I'm like, well, he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I got this huge mustache put on and got all slicked back and, and he put on a, like a wife beater and got all pumped up and I saw him in the thing and I'm like, hey, Rick, how you doing? And he looked over, he's like, oh, hey, man. He had no idea who I was. Nice. And, and so we went in and did it and he goes, I was wrong. You're Danny Samson. Wow. And then he just, that same director. I have to see that movie. Well, the, the, the movie Shot Caller that just came out with Nikolai Coster-Waldo, the guy that plays Jamie uh, on Game of Thrones. I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. I can't um, well, there's a big movie called Shot Caller. Oh. He stars in it, and Lake Bell's in it, and Benjamin Bratt, and I mean, there's a whole mm. giant cast of awesome people in that movie. And he put me in that movie in the same, pretty much the same role, just to be cool. Wow. Just to, just to be, that's, that's Rick, Rick Roman Waugh, great director. Okay, so now, so now you you start to work. Is it a steady incline? I mean, are there are there periods where you're not working? Is it is it? Are you going straight up? Is what what's happening? You know, I keep waiting for this big break. You know, it's not. It's it's like I thought. I thought I'm like last rampage, man. That's going to come out, and I what what big producer or agent or one of the big boys, you know, the big boys will be coming after me when they see this, but they haven't. And well, so, it's, but, it's it, brand new out. I mean, it's still... Yeah, yeah. It's, you know what, Robert Patrick sent my stuff over to, to his people, and they passed on me. Cool. Like, Ouch. Ow. But then, I just saw an ad for Bright that I'm in, and I've got like three scenes in that Wait, movie. who who's... Who's starring in Bright? I just saw Will Smith. Will Smith, right? It's right. a big hundred million dollar movie for wow. Netflix. Wow! So everyone is going to see that. And, and you, do you have a good juicy? And I've got. I've, it's not. I'm not huge in it, but I've got three scenes in it that are definitely memorable. Nice. Are you bad? I'm. <laughs> I'm homeless. You're homeless. Oh yeah. my! All right. So. so oh my I, God. I, that one, I'm like the guy that you were asking about. I'm like, I've got a beard down to here and. I'm in the trailer. Will I recognize you? No. Oh, wow. I, I look like that. a wild cave. I'm in one of the trailers. If you look at the bright trailer yeah. and you see like a quick flash of this like caveman looking guy swinging fire. He's like, a, it's a flaming sword actually. Uh -huh. But you'll see flames go by and this guy with gritty teeth going, ah, that's me. Nice. But, but you get, you have dialogue, you have like a, you have scenes. Yeah, I do lots of cool stuff in it. And, and, and it's, it was one of those, it was that kind of thing. It's David Hare that directed uh, Fury and, and Suicide Squad. And I mean, he's a huge director. And, and, and it was one of those roles where you're like, oh, this is like a big boy role. I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was on the clock for a month before I even started filming. Wow. Training, personal wow, training. Wow, nice. A sword guy and a dialect guy and all this cool shit. I was like, oh, this is what it's like. So maybe this is going to be the thing. Maybe. Maybe this is. All right. So Chris, we have we just have like a minute or two left. But what the point of this show, Wheezy, let's tell Chris, is the road taken, celebrity maps to success. It's like if you had to share anything that you've picked up along the way, and you already have at the beginning. I mean, that thing about less is more. You know, do nothing. I love that. That's helpful. But to artists out there who are trying to make it, and for people who are striving, not necessarily actors, but People who are striving, who are doing what they love, but not necessarily monetizing. Um, what do you have? Is there anything that that you've learned along the way, and any wisdom you can share with us about 
what keeps you going day to day? What what's what works for you? What doesn't? Is is there anything you can think of? I mean, I'm throwing that at you. Well, I you know what I did? I wasted a lot of time, you know, waiting for the phone to ring. You know that that just just there's I just now I like I'd do an audition and I'd be bugging my agents. Did you hear anything? Did you? Hear? It's like of course he didn't hear anything. He'd be calling you if he right. heard something. Right. You know. Um, it's not like they're ever going to go, oh, thank God you called I forgot me. to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something I was supposed to do. You know me, you've a series now. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I just keep, I, I'm not, I've, I've kind of learned to just to do them and forget them. Uh, especially, like, I do a lot of voiceover uh, demos, which are what they call auditions. Mm -hmm. And I get, I get, you know, a dozen of those a week, and and I and I work on them. I mean, I've got a, I've been lucky. You know, I did the voice of the Miller Light stuff for a year. I was the, I had about fifteen direct TV spots out there. Nice. Doing and and you know, then they, they just ends because they they change the for the campaign. And mm -hmm. They don't want, don't just watch TV, direct TV. They want the funny voice guy because <laughs> people are in a roadside ditch now, and it's <laughs> funny and they're getting into quirky. You know? and, so just have you done any comedy? Do you do comedy? Well, you did hardball yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did all those sitcoms. Yeah. yeah. Have you done comedy lately? No, I just try to be funny in dark movies. <laughs> Being funny in a dark movie is really great. Yeah, I love the funny in the dark. That's movie. why I get to. That's what's great about those little indies. You get to ad lib stuff. You know, like when I said in that uh, that line about. Um, this is the worst fucking honeymoon ever. <laughs> really? Yeah. They, because it's like, especially that movie. It's, it's dark, you know. And, and oh, is it dark? Did you see? Did you see? Oh, you should watch um, uh, Road to Paloma. Okay. That's a movie with Jason Momoa. You know him. He's Aquaman. He's a huge star. He's married to to Lisa Bonet. I thought I thought Aquaman was something from Entourage that they made up. I didn't think Aquaman was really <laughs> real. Okay, Aquaman uh, is real. What do I know? Well, we did He's a movie. He did a movie called called Road to Paloma, and it's the same thing. It's about a Native American guy who's, who's avenging his mother's rape and murder, and it's all this just just darkness. And, and he put me in the movie because he said this this federal agent is the only guy that can really kind of inject a little little levity. So you get to be the the good. So you're the good guy in that one. Yeah. With a, a kind of a dark good guy. No, he's a, he's a huh. good guy. Um, yeah. So all right. So so for tools for takeaways. Oh yeah, I blew that off. Sorry. No no no, that's fine. <laughs> no no no. It's we, this was all good stuff. So if you want, if you were going to give somebody a takeaway from this, from from your life, not just your career, but your life, because you've had. Do you believe his life? I mean, it's just amazing. What it's amazing that you have put it back together a couple times. And, um, you know, Chris, had, I think I said at the beginning, he's got two daughters, he's got uh, two twins on the way, he's got happy marriage, beautiful wife. Hi, Chrissy. Yay. She's watching. Um, so, so. Yeah. 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 Yay, nice. So, 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 what's like the great, what, what's like, what's, what's your, okay, so it's, so it's do it and move on. Don't don't languish with it. You know what? Don't I bug just, people. You got something else? I figured it out. Okay, I just good. thought I would want to say. Okay. It's it's you know because it's that thing. If you just keep waiting for that thing to happen, you know you you're you. It's like you got one foot in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow. You're pissing all over today, right? And and 
if it, I, I spent so much time waiting for that thing to happen that I missed what was going on now. Mm. And, and it doesn't happen. It's that watched pot doesn't boil thing. You know, it's like as soon as I look at it like it's like a, it's like a cat. This whole business is like a cat. You know, you, 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 you can chase that cat around the yard all day long and you're never going to catch it. Mm -hmm. So when you just say, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go watch the World Series. You look down and the cat's in your lap. <laughs> it's the truth. It's true. It's just true. find something else to do. Don't look at the pot. Don't look. Don't chase the cat. It it's gonna happen if you're still in it. If you don't. If you're still in it to some degree, whether you know you're you're trying, you have an audition, you're you're networking, you're you're, you're making. As long as you do it, you're doing the it, footwork. You're doing yeah, everything you can it, do. It'll happen. It's it's it's, it's inevitable. You hear that, Mom? It's inevitable. <laughs> well, I want, Chris, thank you so much for, for, for doing this and, and schlepping out to Montrose again. Um, for all of you out there, I, I really recommend. They can, it's streaming on iTunes and on Amazon. I watched it last night. It, it goes by in a flash. Um, last Rampage. And look for Chris in Bright. Bright. In Bright. In December, December 23rd on Netflix. All right. And, uh, and thanks so much. Thank thanks, you. Wheezy. Thank you, Vicky. Bye-bye. See you next Tuesday. Wednesday. 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 <laughs>